Welcome to the Hope United Church Podcast. We are one church with two locations. For video live streams of our services and more information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk. So we've been talking about the life of the Apostle Paul, which is amazing, and we've been in the book of Acts now for nine weeks, which is nosebleed material for me. Uh, and we've been talking about an Apostle Paul, amazing, the man who was more like Christ than any other man who walked the earth. And two weeks ago, Paul was with us last week, and uh, Paul was saved by, well, Paul Scanlon, but I believe he was saved by grace, but Paul was saved by grace in the Damascus Road, and after killing people who believed in Jesus. Uh, there's hope for everybody. There's hope. There's hope for everybody. If the man who used to kill people for believing, he used to kill people for believing in Jesus, then writes two thirds of the New Testament, and you think I'm a hopeless case. You know what I'm saying? There's hope for it. Paul then spent three years, which we learned, spoke, spent three years sharing the gospel. Eh? He then came to Jerusalem and spent 15 years with the great apostle Peter uh, before having to flee the Jews because they were going to kill him. Uh, he then leaves and his mission takes over. Let me just put a wee thought here. And in certain areas of the world today, the people would still get martyred for being a Christian. Yeah. If you go to certain areas of the world, people would still get in India. There'll be certain areas and certain... Even in certain places in Africa, they would do that. They would, uh, but mostly in the, 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 the Eastern world, they would people still getting martyred. Burma, Myanmar, which would be called, even even places that that idyllic, beautiful place like uh, in the Indian Ocean. Where did you go, your honeymoon? Maldives. Yeah, Maldives. Uh, Maldives. People would get martyred in Maldives. Even well, you're lying in the beach sunbathing. As long as you're lying in the beach sunbathing without your Bible, you'll be fine. <laughs> you don't want to be using the Bible as your pillow in the Maldives, you know, uh, because that's where it would be there. And studies and historians will say, well, no stu- historians, studies and people who would study uh, different waves and moves happening, would, and they would they would agree. And if you study it yourself, you would see that it's becoming. That that way you would be martyred in the west is coming in the east is coming closer and closer to the west. It's just waving towards the west. Oh, it's, it would be an alien concept to think that you would get killed for being a believer, or 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 believing in Jesus in Scotland. You might not get killed, but slowly but surely you will be silenced. <laughs> slowly but surely you will be silenced, and that's where it's that's where it's heading. Uh, so in these guys' time, they weren't allowed to speak about anything. And here's Paul having to flee his life. And uh, his call was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, which is us, unless you're Jewish in here. Uh, you were called to preach, predominantly was called to preach to the Gentiles, non-believers, the non-Jews. Um, Paul, in the three years, built the first Christian church, which was in Antioch, somewhere between Syria and the border of Turkey. Uh, before they were called Christians, they were just called men of the way. The word Christian didn't come. Men of the way, men of the way of Christ. Jesus is the way. So they were just men of the way. Uh, they were proselytes, which was 
Jews who had converted to Christianity or Jews who believed. It says in chapter 11 in the book of Acts, though, that uh, 11, 25 and 26, then Barnabas departed from Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So not until chapter 11 of the book of Acts was the word Christian even mentioned. People don't even call them Christians. They were just people or followers of Christ, people of the way until then. Uh, in amongst these passages, you know, where we had read for chapter 10 in the book of Acts, up to where I'm going to read, uh, Peter, you read about Apostle Peter doing things that uh, Peter brought a dead girl back to life. Went and visited her, went through the whole same process that Jesus did when he brought Jairus' daughter back to life, put people out the room, removed people. Sometimes in order for a miracle to happen, you need to silence the voices of negativity. Yeah. Jesus could do no miracles in his hometown because of the, the doubts and the so they would remove people who had negative voices and put them out the room and then he healed this young girl called Tabitha. Uh, then he was jailed. And amongst us, Peter was jailed. Then he prayed. People were praying for him to get freed. Then an angel visited him who loosed his chains and freed him and he went back to the apostles. Well, they were in the upper room praying. I don't think you've ever done this. You ever been praying for a miracle and then it's already happened? So they pray for Peter to be released and the next thing, prayed for Peter to be released. They're praying for Peter to be released. There's a chap at another praying, God, we ask, free, free Peter, free Peter in the name of Jesus, free Peter. Next thing, and a girl goes to the door and she opens the door and it's Peter. Do you know what she does? She shuts the door. <laughs> so she does. She, she shuts the door on him. She goes, and she goes, oh, and she goes, all the apostles are there, John and the, all the apostles are there. And they're all praying, Lord. And they're like, who was at the door? I said, Peter. <laughs> what? Who, who was that? Peter said, let him in. <laughs> just, she was just that excited about seeing him. <laughs> she left him. So Peter's straight from prison, comes there and then goes back to the apostles and chapped the door. To add that, he went into a centurion's house. Uh, a man named Cornelius, who was a Jew, who was praying for an answer for God and uh, he's seen a vision of Peter and Peter then arrives at Cornelius' house and baptising the Holy Spirit saves a lot of them so just another day at church yeah. that's just all that's all just in the wee tiny passage there that what Peter was doing in amongst this stuff uh, and I love what Peter says when you think he apostle Peter and who he was and his ego which I saw, I, I don't know about you, I don't know what a Bible character you identify with. I know it's not like Sunday school here. What Bible, ca what Bible character do you identify with? More than anything, I identify with Apostle Peter because he kept on making howling mistakes. And that's why I identify with him, you know, because he'd, he was courageous and, and daft at the same time. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I so identify. He's, he, 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 he would kill you then, give you the kiss of life because he would feel bad. Do you get what I mean? Is any of like that? That's what, that's like, I'd, I, 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 I would kill you. Then I would give you the kiss of life because I loved you too much. 
after I killed you, and that's, I just identify with this guy, just like, you know, you love deeply, but you're, but you're a wee bit mad, I know. That's, I so identify with Peter, and not everybody in the Bible, you know, people say, well, they identify, even though we're talking about the life of Paul here, I'm away in Peter, because I, I should call it the life of Peter, because I'm, I'm, I'm so much more, I can identify with him, like, like Fraser at the front, I spend a lot of time with Fraser, and he's like John. He does, man, nothing. <laughs> it's just like, you know, that he does. But in a good, and we've got to learn to develop that where he knows, oh, he'll cut that guy's ear off. <laughs> and he's just like, Mark's just cut a guy's ear off there. Just cut a guy's ear off. Just full on. Cut a guy's ear off. And, 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 and then Fraser comes and wrestles in Jesus' shoulder. <laughs> you know? and, and amazingly, but what, do you know that? Oh, and, and what happens on your journey is you start to learn and you, be, you develop your relationship with your brothers. They, they cover that for you. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they cover that for you. So he knows I'm going to cut an ear off. He's like, shh, don't tell him. <laughs> Used to be like, oh. But now he's just like, don't tell him. Nobody will, nobody will notice. And nobody will notice you've cut that ear off, Mark. It's all right, it's all right, it's all right. You know, and it, it, that's what it becomes like. That's, that's what true brothers, that's what it's... No, I know it's an old-fashioned word, but we're using it more. That's, that's what real fellowship is and real covering it. You know, and, and especially in the last few months as the churches took this direction, you find that the people who are different, they start to, you, you bond in a different way. Uh, still does my boxing right enough, but, and, and, and me, him. You know what I mean? So, but I love what Peter said because he was, because he was so bold and, you know, Jesus, Peter was always saying, I'll never leave you. Yeah. And Jesus like, heard it. <laughs> no, no, they promises. I promise you. Me and you, Jesus, forever. <laughs> Do you know that? Yeah. That's what I would say. That, that's what I would say. You know, you know, especially in the early stages of church. We've been going that long in the early stages of church. You know, I wouldn't have folied me. I'm glad you were following Christ because I wouldn't have folied me because it was like, where were we going? <laughs> Just wherever my emotions was going. Well, that, we're going for that now. Outreach Central. We're the Outreach Central Church. And all the folk, they didn't know any better. Oh. And then we would get there and they'd be like, no. No, that learning and growing, it's phenomenal. Crazy things we'd done in the early stages of church. Why they would work. We'd done a thing called, this is a North Lanarkshire word. It's called redneck. <laughs> it's when you do something that's extremely embarrassing and you look back in retrospect and you go, what? <laughs> we done this thing and I thought, this is it. No, this, this is. This is the new move. This was going to bring revival to Lanarkshire. And I thought, <laughs> see when I think, I'm glad I'm not, I'm glad I don't get embarrassed too quick now. But I'm, I'm mildly embarrassed. Uh, so we said, uh, we're going to do this thing called Church on the Move. Where what we're going to do is we're hiring community centres everywhere. I'll go in and I'll preach the gospel. Everybody will get saved. So we set up all these community centres and one person came. And they hated it. The only other people that were there were the 12 people that just agreed with me. They told me after that they knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> and I could go on and on and on and on and on. And I look at Peter's life and how he just 
No, I'll never leave you. Even pulled Jesus aside one day to have a word with him. You ever done that? He pulls Jesus aside to have a stern word with him about his behaviour. I like that. Oh, wow. Jesus. Jesus said he must die and suffer many things, and Peter says, forbid it. Forbid it then, and Jesus pulls, he pulls Jesus aside to tell him that. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, for you're not mindful of the things of God. And uh, So when you look at these guys' lives, and you look at where they're at, and here he is arriving at the house of Cornelius, and he's this, just a completely different human being. And it takes time. You know what you realise? See the longer I pastor people, do you know what I realise above everything else? It takes a lot longer than you think. Honestly, it takes a lot longer than you think for people to get well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we think the more well we get, the the the, the worse our memory is of how bad we used to be. Yeah. You ever get that? Right. You forget that how hard it was for you at the beginning. Yeah. And on that journey, and you forget about that, so you start to advise people and fix people and tell people how they need to live. And this is what Peter says when he arrived at Cornelius House. This is a guy that got a, an ear off. This is a guy that says he would never depart from Christ. This is the guy, it was all oh, about Peter, and then he arrives at Cornelius' house in Acts 10, 25, 26, and it says, As Peter was coming to Cornelius, and Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him, but Peter lifted him up saying, Stand up. I'm only a man myself. Don't you just, what a change in a guy's life. I know it doesn't mean much, but to me that just sums up. Stand up. So It's almost like, see before, Peter would just be like, keep bowing. You bow to me, but now he's just like... I'm just one of you guys. He then says to Cornelius, I've come because God has sent me and he does not show partiality. I've come, God doesn't show partiality. Never shows partiality. Nobody has got monopoly on who Jesus is. Just in case you think, if you're quite new to faith here and you think, well, when will I be good enough? No. Jesus doesn't even work that way. The man who... The man who worked at 6 a.m. and the one who started work at 11 p.m., they both get the same wage. Yeah. I mean, how, how unfair is that? I mean, I've been working for 6 in the morning and I'm getting paid £50 and then a guy starts at 11 and works for an hour and he gets £50, Jesus. Are you playing it? Everything in the gospel is so unfair. It's so unfair if you are a striver. See, if you're a striver, the gospel's dead unfair. Yeah. Which brings me to where we're at now, and that's my introduction. <laughs> uh, chapter 13 of Acts, Paul first preaching in Crete and then being called to Antioch to build the church, which is in Syria. His fellow helper Barnabas for a while, John Mark was with him, who's marking the gospel. He left. Uh, but on the Sabbath, as he's speaking in Antioch, he, he decides to go to the synagogue. It's like, I just need to go up and noise people up. Do you know, I love that. He's now built the church, but he's like, I'm going into the synagogue anyway. I'm nosy. I'm nosy. I'm going into the synagogue anyway. So he's went to the synagogue, even though the church is built in Antioch, which is the first church ever built. He decides to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath, which would have been Saturday rather than Sunday. You know, and he goes into the Jewish synagogue just to sit. And he can't help himself. I love it. I love that he can't help himself. I love that he just went into the synagogue, but he just cannot keep his gob shut. Is any he's got that? It's just, I need to say something. 
And after after the they read the the, the message, uh, he stands up in the midst of the synagogue, even though his real call is to preach to non-believers, Gentiles. He goes up and he goes through the whole Old Testament, starting with Moses and freeing the people and how Moses freed the people from Exodus, stuff that Paul spoke about last week, and uh, then David being anointed king, and then talked back about Abraham, and then he goes through, you can read it yourself, and then he goes through to Jesus being the saviour of the world. This is the man who killed the people who believed Jesus was the saviour of the world. Uh, and telling these Jews that Jesus had came for them. Yeah. It says some Jews believed. It says many believed. But as he lay, as the, the Jews leave the synagogue, all the Gentiles were listening. All the non-believers were listening. And they said this, Acts 13, 42. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them in the next Sabbath. What words? This amazing message of grace. Yeah. The amazing message of grace, but no works. Yeah. Uh, verse 44 then says, in the, next, in the next Sabbath, almost the whole city together came to hear the word of God. It's as if these Gentiles, these unbelievers have heard the possibility that they could get to heaven because they know they're never good enough. I don't know about you, but I don't know how good good enough is. I've tr- have you ever tried to be good enough? I don't think I'm good enough. I know people that don't come to church because they think they're no good enough to even come to church because they think people won't accept them in church until they get a bit better to come to church. Wait till I get myself squared up. I know alcoholics. I was an alcoholic for 20 years. And they say, once I get sober, I'll come to AA. What? Once I get sober a bit, I'll come to an AA meeting. Well, that's the whole problem. You're not going to get sober till you come. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradiction and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken to Paul. You know, this is the problem with the gospel is, is that see when you're a works person and God's giving people love and accepting people by grace, it really annoys people. Yeah. It really annoys people like, oh, I don't know. I've been working hard here. Yeah. And these Jews now cannot accept that these non-believers are just being able to see Jesus without doing anything really. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be your salvation for the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles, unbelievers, heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as them had been appointed to eternal life. I want you to put up the subheading as we bring this in to bring you this thought. If you can put up the subheading, if you don't mind. Uh, not so great expectations. I think Paul is addressing what the church should be built on and maybe it's not so great expectations. I think the more we start striving in church and the new modern we can do all things church and we're out there reaching people. People are getting tired and shattered. There's such a great expectation on people that we'll never really meet. Yeah. And Paul's really building and saying to them, listen, we're putting way too high an expectation on people here. Yeah. 
the Gentiles heard the gospel and were like, this is amazing. Because I can't keep up with this work stuff and think I'll ever be good enough. Yeah. I can't keep on ever thinking I'm going to be good enough. It doesn't matter what I've done. I just ended up failing anyway. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know if you've maybe had this idea you're going to do great and then you just go, I've failed again. And I'm going to start that Bible study and I'm going to spend two years on that Bible study. You've done it for three months. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I promise I'm not going to gossip again and then you gossip again. Mm-hmm. I promise I'm not going to do that again and then you do it again. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. Have you ever had a once and for all? Once and for all. Yeah. Yeah. Once and for all. Yeah. I've had a million once and for alls. No, that's it. No, no. But I mean it this time. Yeah. I bet you said you meant it the last time. No, no, but, no, but, no, but. No, but, no, but, no, but I mean it this time. What happened the last time that you meant it? I didn't mean it the way I mean it. I didn't mean it the way I mean it. This time, this is it, this is it. I'm going to church every week. I'm going to go. I'm going to watch up. Love Jesus. <laughs> you're just going to do it and you're going to get it sorted. Yeah. I promise you, when I get extra money, this time, I'm not buying in. <laughs> you ever done that? No, no, this time. I've made, I've learned. Has any ever? No, I've learned from mistakes. Once I got on my feet, once I got on my feet here and get this cleared, I'm not going to be stupid again. (laughs) Glasgow. (laughs) Walk by cruise. Woo, 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 woo. Buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me. It's just, you can't do it, can you? No, no, that's it. It's dead easy to go on a diet after a fish supper, isn't it? Have you ever? You're like, you're just like, You've just had your dinner, you're like, that's me. No, that's me. No, that, that's me. No, you've, I know it's that's you. You're full. No, no, I mean it this time. That's me. I mean it. I've done it a million times. How good's good enough? No, I mean it. That's it. May as well just finish that now. Just have a wee bit more, and you go for it. You just go for it, didn't you? You just, I, 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 I mean, I binge eat. I mean, I've got issues. Okay, okay. I mean, I've got issues. I just binge eat. I just go for it, you know. I, I can eat lying down, innies. It's awesome, man. It's a mate, it's a gift. You're welcome. I can just eat lying down. Then I'm up, and then I'm like, no, that's it now. It's never good enough, isn't it? No, yeah. it's not. It's not. It's never good enough. Uh, and as soon as these people heard it, all their life they knew they could never be good enough. All their life they lived in this lesser life because these Jews were pretending to live this better life. Yeah. That somehow they were the chosen, some special ones, and they are special, and they are chosen, and so we all, if we decide to accept Christ yeah. and they must have been listening in and going this could maybe be for me yeah. this could maybe be for me yeah. this gospel this scandal of grace yeah. this scandal where I could be accepted and loved and included without ever being good enough yeah. because I know I'll never be good enough yeah. I wonder I wonder if this is a faith that I could maybe be part of And they heard that it wasn't about works and what an amazing thing. And the Jews are no happy. 
because you're not working hard enough yeah. and you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Has any ever a discount on where, where <laughs> where it's not even about your sacrifice, you're annoyed about somebody else not giving up as much? Yeah. Do you ever get that? Uh, yeah. Do you ever get that? Yeah. You want people to put in the same effort and the same commitment. No, you want people to sacrifice what you're sacrificing. Yeah. And then they don't. And then you get annoyed at them for not putting yeah. in the effort that you're putting in. Right. I mean, I've been like that my whole life. Looking for acceptance and approval. One of the wee boys in class. I was one of the wee boys in class that, see, when I'd done really well, I wanted to point out how much better I was than you. <laughs> miss, miss, miss. <laughs> Miss, miss. Oh, I was a pest, man. Miss, 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 miss. Look, Tommy's no done his. Tommy's, Tommy's no done his. I've, I've done mine. It's almost better. You're like, it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. It's worse when you're an adult and you start doing it in church. Pastor, pastor, there no. I mean, it's happening now. I'm saying Tommy, Tommy, it's seven. I see people doing it 40 in church. Pastor, mm. pastor, you know, saying it. And I'm praying all the time. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? I'm coming all the time and tithing and giving and giving all everything and they're getting the same as me. It's out of order, isn't it? Yeah. I should be on that platform by now. That's what I was like. Honestly, that's what I was like. Get saved. That's how I so identify with Peter. I tear guys up. Just like maybe the pastor would get somebody up to talk. I'm sorry. This is a this is there's healing, there's therapy in this for me. Uh, and the guy would be up speaking. He would get somebody would get a turn, and they'd be up mad to laugh. Letting them know that I wasn't letting them know. <laughs> You've got him up. Have you heard me yet? And God's like, aye. Heard you a lot. That's how you're sitting there. <laughs> aye, aye, I've heard you a lot. Out of the mouth. I've seen your face and all tripping you. Sitting like that. There used to be a guy in the church, me and James and James was a pastor. He was assistant pastor in the church where we get saved in, and I was just mad. And eh. Uh, <laughs> But James used to go up and speak, and there used to be this other wee guy, and me and James developed a friendship pretty quickly. I think he's... Aye. This wee guy, every time somebody got up to preach, he would just have... He'd, be, he'd just open his Bible at a completely different message and study his own message, just to prove how unworthy you were he been up there and how much better he was than you. i never done anything as bad as that. <laughs> I opened it the same passage yeah. to get mere revelation in detail. <laughs> they hate the fact that they're constantly trying to be good and follow rules and act righteous and hear these people receiving eternal life. I was listening the other night to, uh, it was a podcast or a, do you know what it was? It was Larry King in America and he had, he, had, he gets, it's good. I wish they would date. I wish they would date in the UK where they get different people's faith on. He's speaking, and I don't mean get one of these. Get, anyway, uh, 
and Larry King was on, and they were a Christian, a guy called Albert Muller Jr. He's a real, a real expository communicator of God's word. Uh, Southern Baptist Seminary uh, guy. And there were two Jews, they were, I would call them Jewish Rambo. This guy was nuts. Okay, nuts. He just wanted to fight. They were a kind of quiet Jew. And then they were a guy who was Jews for Jesus. So they were a Jews for Jesus guy on an air. The Jewish rabbi was raging. Absolutely raging at the thought that you would even say that you could get to heaven without performance. He was not happy. And the Jews for Jesus guy uh, said to him, so this is a guy who's a Jew, who's a proselyte, who's a Jew who's became a, a believer. Yeah. And he says, it didn't matter what I had done. I just could not get it right. Yeah. It didn't matter what I had done. I just wasn't good enough. Yeah. And the, the Jewish rabbi Rambo said, well, stop being so lazy and live right. Stop gossiping. Live right. And the guy's like, I've tried. I keep failing. I tried. I, I I'm no good enough. And he says, oh, so you just have Jesus because you're no good enough. He says, correct. He says, that's why he came. Because I'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough. And he... The rabbi could not comprehend. He wanted to go back to works and performance and no grace. Now, I'll do it, I'll perform away, I'll get it. I'll have a six pack. <laughs> read the book on it. Don't read a book on getting a six pack. If you're going to read a book and getting a six pack, say 12 nightmare months. 12 nightmare months of not having a life to get a six pack. Get that book, that's true. Oh, I'll get that. See if it says six easy steps. Six easy steps, you lose four stone. Don't get it. There's no, no such thing. <laughs> the rabbi said, we don't need a saviour. We need to be strong and deal with stuff. The man said, so I'm like, I don't need to be strong. This is what he made a list He says, I don't need to be strong. I've had to learn to accept how weak I am. I don't need to be strong. I have to just learn to accept how weak I am. And in this day, even though many Jews, these guys, they, they cannot receive Jesus because they think it's weak. And somehow they'll get to heaven by behavior. Somehow their behavior will get them there. Which is a bonus for people like us. Because when we hear that stuff, we think, oh, never be good enough. People that have no came to crisis, people that either are not listening or somehow they're still thinking they could be good enough or what they do. I was talking to a woman a wee while ago, and what was Vicky was telling me, she says, I do, she says, have you heard about, do you know Jesus? She says, I do yoga. <laughs> she says, all right then, have you heard of Jesus? <laughs> no, 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 as if that was an option, as if that was an option. Listen, if you do yoga, that's fine. Just don't smoke when you're doing yoga. No. <laughs> There's a wee story in that, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, Yoga's fine, but it's not it's no a white heaven. And that was the thing. I do yoga instead. I'm like, wow. I'm glad that you can't behave. I'm so grateful that it wasn't about behaviour because I'd never get in. 
I'm glad Jesus came and Paul decided to go and speak to the Jews and so that all the people would be saved because I would never be. I don't think I could ever be good enough. Yeah. Not these gentles turning up and would have been speaking all week. Think of what they were speaking about all week. We heard this guy talking last week. He was brilliant. You get acceptance. You don't need to be a superstar. You can come to church. You don't need to be sorted. Yeah. You don't need to be fixed. You can come to church. There's no perfect people allowed. In fact, if you're perfect, you'll not get in. We've heard this guy, we've heard this man speaking about this Jesus. And the gospel's for people who could never be good enough. Yeah. Let me close by reading this. This is for Titus. Titus is, uh, Titus is, Apostle Paul wrote three letters. He wrote, thir- he wrote, he wrote 13 letters, but he wrote three. And the three, he wrote three letters that was to individuals. One to Titus. He wrote one to Titus, he wrote one to Philemon about forgiveness, and he wrote to Timothy. Three guys who were like his young pastors. And he wrote to Titus an individual letter coming near the end of his life, and it says this, and he never gave them real doctrine, but this is what he says to them. He says, Titus 3, 1 to 7, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be, re- to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing humility to all men. So first and foremost, he's writing to Titus here and he's just saying, you know what, how we live, we have to be examples. And then it says this, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived. Is any stick in the boxes here? Foolish, yeah, yeah, still. No, even once, still, once. He was once, I'm still. I'd need to change that to still. For we ourselves are still. That would make more sense to me. Foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. And Apostle Paul's saying here is they're building the church, which Apostle Paul's saying, I think we need to remember when we're helping people, we're loving people and serving people to remember how we get saved. Because yeah. all that was going on in us when we get saved. Yeah. Every single yeah. bit of the things was going on in us when we get yeah. saved. I was foolish, disobedient, deceived, following various lusts, pleasures, living in malice, envy. And then people come to church and we've got such a high expectation on their life. Yeah. Way too high an expectation yeah. in their life. Forgetting because of our journey and because of the sanctifying work of Christ, forgetting about the journey we've been on ourselves and what we've had to continue to be, forgetting what we've had to overcome ourselves at any given point in our day, having a nightmare, setting the bar too high for people to live. And then it says, But when the kindness and the love of God, our Saviour towards man, appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And Paul's reminding young Titus that there are going to be people that's coming and he needs to remember and keep his feet on the ground. He mentioned other stuff. You need to keep your feet on the ground here. You need to be at the level of the new person coming through the doors of church. Always. Because if you're not at the level of the new person coming through the doors of the church, you're not preaching the gospel. 
We have to always be the level of the new person coming through the doors of the church. Because I know how you feel. And I want to say if you're new, I know how you feel if you're listening. I know how you feel. I know what it's like to never think you'd be good enough. Does any of you know what that feels like to know that you'd never be good enough? You might find ways to lie and pontificate and put on bravado. But you know what it's like never to be good enough. You know what it's like to walk through the doors of your church for the very first time and think, I don't know if they'll like me. I don't know if they'll accept me. I don't, I, I don't know about you. When I first came through the doors of church, I used to think that Christians could see into my soul. Do you ever think that? They can see, they know what's going on in me. Did you ever think that? I, I used to think, they know. The pastor looked at me, he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. Do you get what I'm saying? He knows. He knows. Let me tell you something, Disney know. Disney know. And see if he's worth his salt. Too busy dealing with his own stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He'll be too busy trying to get the bloody the lamb to cover his stuff. I heard about a man called Bishop Eddie Long in America who had come into a sort of negative stuff and maybe some persecution and stuff happened to his life and somebody approached Bishop T.D. Jakes and says what's about Eddie Long what do you feel about Eddie Long he says sorry he says what's your opinion about Eddie Long he says says, see before I have an opinion about anything do you mind if I just go over and allow the blood to cover me before I have an opinion about anybody that's so, but according to his mercies, he saved us. We were no saved because we were righteous. We are no saved because we're good. We are no saved because we're any better than you person going through the door. We were saved by grace, Amen. through faith. Yeah. Alone. Whom he poured out and abundantly through Jesus Christ our Saviour, that having been justified by his grace, become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I never want to forget that I never want to forget how far away I was when Jesus still reached me. I never want to forget how far away I was for God when he still chose to reveal himself to me. And some people are new and they come to church and they go, oh, it's all right, you're here and and you move on and you, you learn, you do learn because you because the sanctifying work of God's amazing through his word but you know what the cross is an amazing leveller an amazing leveller it's an amazing starting point for every single one of us no matter what you're going through or where you're no going or what you're dealing with in the seven or so years since I've been building church I've met people with all walks of life I've met single mothers who struggle deeply to try and navigate their life with their kids. I've met addicts who struggle and some days they're good and some days they're bad. I've met people whose minds are warped. (coughs) I've met people who are so full of pride and bravado that you think God would never break into their heart. You think they're a hopeless case. That God will never change them. 
I've met people who've came to church and they've been doing well and then they've fell in love with money and stuff and material stuff and, and you think, God, I'll never deal with them only for them to, only for God to use that and them come back to their knees and find grace and love. You never know. That's the amazing thing about the grace of God. That's the scandal of grace. That every single person's on a different walk in a, a different place in a different time. I've met amazing men of God who at any given point have felt to their knees because they've realized that they're trying to go alone again. That's, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. That's the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is the church of Jesus Christ. Remember we stand together as well. You know what I hope? I hope a new person that comes through the door, they don't bump into a fixed person. Yeah. That's what I hope. I hope the first person, a new person, bumps into the door is not a fixed person. I hope it's somebody that's just been saved with grace that might just be an inch ahead of them. Just, just that wee bit. That they would dare to go on the level with somebody. So that they wouldn't think that there was what they have to achieve has to be way down the line. How good's good enough? It's never good enough, is it? When, when Peter spoke about that, when Paul spoke about that, sorry, in that synagogue, and all the unbelievers were outside, thought, wow, wow. And the next week they all turned up. The next week they all turned up because there were no expectation. The expectation was low. They were a, a low expectation and and how they lived and a high expectation and how they would love. Oh, that we would build a church where the expectation of love was high, but the expectation of behaviour was really low. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Hope United. You can stay connected with us through our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages.